Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. The call to fellowship. The call to fellowship. The call to koinonia. It's an invitation. It's a, it's a loud call from the head of the church, from the Father God, who is faithful who's called us into that intimacy, into that sweet communion, into that friendship, if you will, with Jesus Christ our Lord. And I love what the message translation says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. It says, the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. As I said last week, our Father is not playing hard to get. He is not like the Wizard of Oz. Not approachable. Rather, He says, sons, daughters, come boldly to my throne. Because you've been cleansed by my blood you have been sanctified and set apart as a holy person unto me. So come boldly to my throne and receive this grace and mercy that you have need of. And I will pour my spirit out to you. When God was in the garden looking for Adam, he said, Adam, where are you? He was missing that fellowship. He was missing that communion and Adam's transgression separated him from God. But Jesus' obedience brought us nigh by the blood of the Lamb. If you have been born again, you have a right to fellowship with your Heavenly Father. As a matter of fact, He's pursuing us. He's chasing after us. In Psalms 23, it says, Surely goodness... And mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, when you are a pursuer of God, when you are in intimate fellowship with Him, experiencing koinonia, the good things of God will follow you. You will not have to go after your healing if you'll seek the healer. You will not have to go after your provision if you'll seek the provider. He is worthy to be praised and worthy to be worshipped. So turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 30, if you would. And that brings us up from where we were last week. I've discovered that the sweeter that my relationship with him is, the sweeter I am to my wife. The more I experience His presence, His presence, this overflows into other relationships. Have you discovered that? You can't go out of the presence of God and be mean to people. No, there is a sweetness of disposition that will rub off on you when you spend time with the sweet Rose of Sharon. In His presence... There's fullness of joy and fullness of peace. I'll tell you, His grace will rub off on you and enable you to be gracious. Yeah. 
in an ungracious world. He will season your speech with love and grace as you have fellowshiped with Him. In Isaiah 30, 18, in the Amplified, it says this, And therefore the Lord earnestly waits. He's expecting and longing to be gracious to you. And therefore He lifts Himself up, that He may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied are those who earnestly wait for Him, who expect and look and long for Him, for His victory, His favor, His love, His peace, His joy, and I love how it says this, and His matchless, unbroken companionship. His companionship is matchless. And He's waiting for you to come. He's waiting for you to open up the door of your heart to Him so that He may come in and sup with you. In the Greek language, there were three words for the word eating and having breakfast and lunch and dinner. This word sup here is the word for dinner, and it carries with it this thought, a lingering effect. Not just coming to the table and just shoveling it in so you can get back to Monday night football. Not just quickly shoveling a sandwich in so that you can go out to a movie. But this supping that he wants to have with us is a fellowship that lasts for a period of time that will enhance your life spiritually. Surely you've had dinner with people that you were just sorry that it was time to go home. I was talking to Brother Al the other day and he said that he was having lunch with people after church and the lunch lasted for three hours. I'm telling you, there was more being talked about at that table than 49ers football. There was a fellowship. There was a lingering. I can remember when Brother George and, and, and Terry and, and others were over in San Francisco and we were sitting at the feet of one of the main prophets of the land in that day and that hour. And we ate and then he began to open his mouth and just speak and speak and speak and just make deposits into our life. Our lives were changed. You see, there was a fellowship. It was something we never wanted to have in. And that is the heart of the master for you. He wants you to open up your heart to him because he wants to come in. He reveals his secrets to his friends. He shows his friends many times the future. Oh, let's make it a priority in our lives in 211 to fellowship with him. What do you say? Amen. Turn to me now to Psalms 8. Psalms 8. And I'm going to look at this today and uh, I want to look at a few of the verses, so... Let's begin in verse 1, guys, up there. Psalms 8. 
I'm called to be a pastor, but my main call is to be a son of God. My main call is to fellowship with him. And that's what your main call is too. You see, anything that is outward in our lives that is related to ministry should spring forth from that inward intimacy with him. I'll guarantee you, people that come to this platform don't come nonchalantly. They come prepared. They come ready. And if we come ready in this type of atmosphere, we should also be ready to go out into our daily lives. How many of you know there's crazy people out there? There's demons out there. But you and I, we're not afraid. Why? Because we got the greater one on the inside of us. Amen. Now, Psalms 8. That's not my message. Psalms 8. Notice this with me. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. You have set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings you have ordained strength. Because of thine enemies, that you might still the enemy and the avenger. Now listen to this. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy his fingers. When I look up at the moon and the stars, which you have ordained. I ask this question. Read it with me. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visits him? Let's stay right there at verse 5. What is man? Who are we that he should be mindful of us? The word mindful means to esteem and to hold in high regard. He has you in his heart. And when you know and understand that he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. I'll say it for each section. It should be easy then to step into fellowship with him. If I have a sense that someone doesn't like me and doesn't care for me and doesn't want to spend time with me, I'll not approach that person. Will you? But God loves you. And he says, what is man that you're mindful of him? That you hold us, (laughs) oh my, in such high divine regard One translation says, What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of earthborn man that you care for him? Look at verse 6 of Psalms 8. Well, actually, the rest of verse 5. No, verse 4 and 5. No, verse 1. No. <laughs> Was doing pretty good till then. What is man? That you are mindful of him. And the son of man that you visit him. Read the rest verse. 
For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. What did Brenda say today? His glory is in this place. See, when we worship him, there comes a crowning. When we declare all hell and magnify him, the Bible says he crowns us. And you know what the word crown there means? The word crown means to encircle. When we bring him the glory do his name, he embraces us. He crowns us with his glory and with his presence. Oh, what an awesome God we serve. Brenda put it like this, when you inhabit the praises of his people, hallelujah, and praise him, he comes down with his presence. He's crowned you. He's crowned me with glory and honor. Turn to Job chapter 7 and verse 17 now. Job chapter 7 verse 17. We're going to work with this thought just a little bit longer today. What is man? Who are we? I tell you who we are. We're purchased by the blood. We're sons and daughters of God. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In Job chapter 7 verse 17, the question again is this. What is man that you should magnify him? Listen to this. And that you should set (laughs) your heart on him. You know that we sing that song, ever heard that song? Oh, magnify the Lord, for he, you know, is worthy to be praised. Oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord. What does a magnifying glass do? It enlarges something, does it not? When we magnify the Lord, now he can't get any bigger in his own mind, but he sure can get bigger in mine. When I magnify Him, I'm enlarging Him over all my circumstances. Let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. When we magnify Him, our fears dissipate in His presence. But I want you to notice what He said here in Job 7.17. He says, what is man... What? That you should magnify Him? The word magnify also means to promote. What? Who are we? That He should enlarge our lives. That He should promote us. The message says, what are mortals anyway? That you even bother with them. That you would even give them the time of day. The Amplified says, What is man that you should magnify him and think him important and that you should set your mind upon him? The word magnify means to grow, to become great or important, to promote, to make powerful, to praise. 
And so when we say, Lord, I magnify you, in a sense, he's saying back to us, I magnify you. He reciprocates by bringing increase into our lives, by bringing promotion into our lives. How many of you remember that wonderful book on the prayer of Jabez? Powerful book. And Jabez prayed this. Lord, I pray that you would bless me indeed. And that you would enlarge my coast. That you would enlarge my territory. Literally, Jabez was praying about property. But how many of you know magnification and enlargement has a lot more to do with property, houses, and condominiums? I declare to you today that you're welcome in His presence. And if you'll sell your life out to Him, He'll promote you. He will enlarge you. And He will bring increase into your lives. Somebody say amen. Amen. Look at Isaiah 49 verse 16. You see, because when this subject of fellowship is taught, it's normally taught on a one-sided basis only. That we need to seek Him, we need to inquire Him, and we need to require of Him, and all these things that we're going to talk about in just a few moments. But I wanted you to see up front in this little mini-series how much He loves you, and how much He longs for you. He yearns for you. I know that's difficult for some of you to believe. I know that's hard for many of you to receive. But the way you receive revelation that you're hearing today is receive it by faith. And if you have to go before His presence by faith, do it by faith. And it won't be long before your faith turns into sight and your faith turns into feeling. I've said this before and I'll say it again. God wears tattoos. In Isaiah 49, verse 16, no, I'm not giving everyone a right to go get a tattoo. But here's God's heart toward you. Let's read it. Behold, I have indelibly imprinted, tattooed a picture of you in the palm of my hands. That's powerful. We're in the palm of his hands. Your face is before the Lord. Now look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 7. What is man that you are mindful of him? You see, our value to him is not based on what we do for him. Let's say that again. Our value for him is not based on what we do for him. But our value is based more on who we are to him. Now look at Hebrews 2, 7. It says, It has been solemnly and earnestly said in a certain place, What is man that you're mindful of him? What is the son of man that you graciously and helpfully care and visit and look after him? God's looking after you. He's looking after you. He wants to get in your business. He wants to be a God unto you. He wants to make himself real to you. And he's saying to some of you this morning, if you'll just come out from among the things that have held you back. 
If you'll just take a step out of that idolatry. And by the way, an idol is more than a statue. A TV can be an idol. A Christian artist can be an idol. Anything that takes your place, his place, first place in your life away from God becomes idolatrous. And the Father is saying to us this morning, I want to be a father unto you. I want to be your God. I want to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. So come out from among them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. For what fellowship has light with darkness? Come on. What fellowship has Christ with Belial? See, the Bible calls us light. He calls the world darkness. He calls His children Christ. We belong to Christ. He calls the sons of the devil Belial. He says, there cannot be any communion between those two things. So why don't you just drop those things and lay them aside and come to my word and into my presence and there abide. And I will be a father unto you. And I will do great and mighty things for you and in you and through you. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. My number one Necessity is not natural food. I'm doing pretty good in that area. I can see some of you are as well. But you see, we are a spirit being. Created in the image and likeness of God. Spirit beings don't feed on natural food. Spirit beings feed on spirit food. In John 6, 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. And they are what? And they are life. I have need of this word. If I'm going to get to know him and have fellowship with him, I must know about him. And the way that I find out about him, I read his book. I open the B-I-B-L-E and I read his book. And I let him talk to me out of the book. And I let him minister to me spiritual food that I so desperately need out of his words. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. And your word became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Friends, be honest. Have you ever just sat in his presence and read his word and got happy? I mean, happy, happy. I mean, you had yourself a happy meal. Glory to God. You saw things you never seen before. You read things you never read before. The Holy Ghost is giving you revelation and illumination. And all of a sudden, there comes a transformation and a strength and a joy. Woo! Now you can run through a troop and you can leap over a wall. You don't cower down from the enemy's plan. But in Jesus Christ, you walk tall. And you walk confidently. I need him. I need him. And you can't separate 
Him from His Word because Him and His Word are one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. Our heart needs food. Our heart needs fuel. Look with me over at uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 15. And look at verse 2, if you would, this morning. And let's look at the Amplified Version. Say it with me. He wants wants to fellowship fellowship with me. me. Look at your neighbor and say, He wants wants to fellowship fellowship with you. Anybody ever heard of a Dr. Lester Sumrall? Dr. Lester Sumrall says, Fellowship is two fellows in the same ship. Heading in the same direction. And you know, it's real easy to have fellowship with people that you're in agreement with. Isn't that right? Get into agreement with God. Get into agreement with His Word. Quit being such a stinker. Quit being so intellectual and trying to figure God out up here. God is not a mind. He gave you a mind. Use it and get down here into your heart. He is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him. Where? In spirit. Which literally means out of your spirit. In spirit and in truth. That is in the Holy Spirit and in the Word of the living God. He wants to fellowship with me. First Chronicles 15, 2 in the Amplified says this. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you're with him. If you seek him, inquiring for, of him, craving him. And here's that thought. As your soul's first necessity. It is a necessity. And then it says, He will be found by you. But if you become indifferent and forsake Him, He will forsake you. Now, it's, it's not as though God turns His back on you. Are you listening to me? Because He forever remains faithful. And He forever remains in a position like this. So here's the father over here. And Al, come on up and stand over there. And this is you, and this is me, and this is Al. Al, take a step forward. Take another one. Take another one. Draw near to God. Another one. And he will draw near to you. (laughs) Now go back a few steps. If you become indifferent, he doesn't change. But Al, act like you're distracted and start moving around a little bit. Well, God's not confused. He's not distracted. He's not looking around. He's forever the same. What happened is Al stopped drawing near... And God just stayed here the same. And some of you 
are like that today. Distracted by the cares of this life. Derailed by Satan's project and plan for your life. But oh, all you got to do, Al, get back on the path. And draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let's give Al a hand. Hallelujah. That's how it is with God. Heart of the big, keep drawing near. Keep coming close to God. Don't turn your back on Him. Keep moving toward Him. And did you notice how close Al and I got? That's how close you can get with God. And you then can have a face-to-face relationship with Him. To where He is speaking to you and you are speaking to Him. And He that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. It's necessary. Especially in the day and the hour in which we live. Comcast, DirecTV, I don't know how many channels they have. But I don't know about you, I can't keep up with them. My hand's not that fast. And I'm concerned about distracted drivers. Shall I meddle just a little bit? I'm concerned about... I'm concerned. When the light has been green and I'm right behind that first car. And I'm trying to get home to my mama. Fifteen seconds later. Oh yeah, it's green. Yeah, I'm going to stop texting then. Listen, it's even, it is as dangerous to be texting spiritually with your eyes on everything else but Him as it is to text naturally. People get in accidents and then they say, well, I wonder how come the Lord took them? No, they took themselves. Because they took their eye off the road and put it on the distraction. What I'm saying to you today, Heart of the Bay, is keep your eyes on Jesus. Looking away from all that would distract, and there's so many of them out there. Looking away unto Him. He is the author and the finish by Sikola Prafayete Nemoya. And He knows the future better than you know the past. And he knows what lies ahead. And he's given his angels charge over those who will seek him as their soul's first necessity. For the reverential fear of the Lord is a necessity to live and to last in this day and in this hour. For the angel of the Lord encamps, the Bible says, in circles around about those that fear him. The word fear is to reverence him. Saints, let's reverence Him. Seek Him as your soul's first necessity. Are you getting anything today? Say it with me. I'm drawn near to God. He's drawn near to me. Now look at verse 3 and 4 and then verse 15. And we're not going to preach all day because I believe today you've got plenty of good things to think about. Verse 3, it says, For a long time Israel 
had been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without the law. Verse 4. But when in their trouble, what did they do? They turn to the Lord God of Israel. And I believe today people are going to turn. And they sought him. Now notice, he was found by them. And notice in verse 15, and this can happen to your heart during this series. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath. They made a covenant with God. They said, no more distractions. The word Judah there is praise. And all praise got happy at the oath. For they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul. And he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest all around. Do you want rest for your soul? Do you want rest for your life? Let me just say it like Jesus said it. Over in the book of Matthew. Let me just close with this. Here's what he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. 30. He says, are you tired? I got a question for you. Are you tired of living a mediocre life? That's not enough amens. You know, literally, the word mediocre means this. It means halfway up the mountain. Are you tired? Worn out. Are you burnt out on religion? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me. And he says, watch how I do it. And I love how the the message says this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Listen to this. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Good truth? Do you receive it today? Lift your hands up and say, Lord, I receive. I come to you boldly today. In the name of Jesus, I come to the throne of grace. And I cry out and I call out as my soul's first necessity. And I yield myself to your word and to your precious spirit. Teach me, Lord, to walk with you. And so this day, I enter into rest. And I know from here on out. My life shall be enlarged, for I magnify you. Thank you, Lord, for bringing increase in all areas according to your word into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that? Well, give God praise for it. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen.